watching this on the Daily Discipleship podcast page or on YouTube, um, what you're seeing that I've put there, this is a little bit of the chat that happens live in the mornings, uh, just just a little taste of it, it because this is a live uh, broadcast uh, via Facebook and YouTube, and I might create some other platforms as well. Um, just wanting those who are watching to see some of what takes place here as people interact. There's a sense of community that takes place, and frequently I will, uh, frequently I will be talking about uh, people and interacting with people and sharing um, commentary and things uh, of that nature with with them and you might wonder what what who's he talking to well he's talking to the people who are 
live and leaving comments uh, like what you have seen here uh, on the screen. And uh, quite a community that we have online uh, and a wonderful, loving community. Uh, and uh, you can be a part of that uh, if you uh, participate at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Time, we'll call it. Uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, you might be listening to this on the podcast, the actual literal podcast, uh, MP3, uh, or you might be watching this uh, later in the day. Um, and I just share with you just a sense of community. I, I keep learning about people who tune into this and whether they, they're doing it with us now at 6 a.m. or uh, are uh, watching later in the day. There, there's a bigger audience than than what I've realized. Someone the other day, just yesterday, in fact, was talking to me about, yeah, what you said in your broadcast. I'm like, I didn't know you listened to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, we almost every day. you know. And so it's uh, quite encouraging. You do not know the impact that uh, some things will have. And uh, so I want to thank you for your participation uh, with me uh, in this ministry. I want to read to you something uh, from a, a brother in another part of the world. I, I'm not going to get into uh, where he lives uh, for his own safety. Well, I, I, I probably will say, because I'm not going to say his name, uh, but I just want to read to you some correspondence that uh, we received. It says, uh, I am a converted I am converted from extremist, extremist Muslim background into Christianity after reading the Holy Bible. I've been reading the Bible and teaching to those people in my area who are deprived of the light. I haven't, I haven't any facility to boost myself with Bible study program from any Christian Bible study or university. You are the first who has encouraged me. Thanks a lot for your encouragement. May Jesus Christ bless you and your family. And uh, so he is. He is looking for help. He is looking for encouragement and uh, some continued dialogue. Uh, I just want to share with you a little bit more, uh, uh, dear sir. Thank you very much for your kind response. I'm glad you have a great person like you who will flourish my soul with holy teachings. Uh, once again, thanks for. Uh, your concern about me. Uh, I have gone through many difficulties. After following this faith, even my own blood relatives cursed me. Uh, but in those difficult days, I didn't surrender. And the help of the Holy, with the help of the Holy Spirit, my faith got more stronger than before. Now, again, this is someone writing from another part of the world, so you're not going to have perfect English. I think it's actually pretty good English, actually. Um, he says, I am living in the mountain region of Pakistan. Uh, here is even uh, very little internet access uh, and very few modern facilities, uh, but I continue to grow in my journey of faith. Uh, I have some young students. They have inspired. They are inspired by the Holy Book, especially the miracles of Jesus. Uh, I try my best to tell them the gospel, but I can't do these things openly because I'm living in a hundred percent Muslim population. They are very extremists. Pray for them. May Jesus Christ enlighten their hearts with the Holy Spirit because they are living in darkness. And he goes on to talk about his need. He says, I, I, I need the shadow. Uh, 
uh, and the hand of you and, and other faithful brothers so I may continue this journey till my last breath. My desperate need is to educate myself with all faith, knowledge, and religious practices. If I can, if I get a chance for a Bible study program or a diploma, it will be my great pleasure. If there's no chance, uh, I will continue to attend your online lectures uh, because in my area there is very little uh, internet facility. So I have come to internet access area, which is so far from me. Uh, so he's coming in once a week. Uh, I hope if you find solutions uh, or help for your spiritual brother, whatever you suggest, I will do. So I just I, I want to share that with you. I mean, these are things that are happening as a result of ministry. These are things happening uh, as a result of your partnership. Uh, it's it's involvement with things like the daily discipleship podcast. It is things like. Um, Things like New England Bible College and Seminary that you uh, that you are by extension involved in because of your involvement with me, like it or not. And I would encourage you to like it and say, uh, you know, let, let's do our part. Uh, let's be involved. With, whether you're involved with me through through concentric in this way, because I I need to fund what I do, and uh, uh, you know, I my, my brother Joseph over in. Uh, South Sudan, or reaching out to people like this. I'm going to try to get him connected with some Pakistani allies that we have. Uh, but it, it takes it it takes uh, it takes partnership. It takes prayer. It takes resources. So I just there's the link uh, on the screen: uh, concentricglobal.org/backslash/give. Find the little drop down box uh, part way down the page. Find the designation and find my name, uh, and uh, you know whatever you can do. If it's five dollars a month, ten dollars a month, fifty dollars a month, uh, hundred dollars a month, five hundred dollars a month, uh, whatever you can do, and and you know I I just want to encourage you to to become a partner there. Uh, or you might say, Jim, I, you know, I, I would be more inclined to, to help out when there are special needs. Uh, some of them we can do through concentric at this point in time. Others we, we can't quite do because of situations like what we're seeing, like this brother here. You know, he, he couldn't receive in his bank account something from a Christian ministry. And, uh, uh, because he's an extremist place. So some things we need to channel different ways. But if you want to partner, reach out to me. Say, hey, we will. Uh, I'm on the campaign to right now raise 100 partners at whatever level. And uh, people who will pray, uh, people who will give, people who by your involvement, your prayers, you're touching people like, my brother, that I, I will not say his name online, just for his own safety, and uh, uh, in Pakistan, that's what your partnership does. So I, I just encourage you: I think about that, pray about that, ask Father if that might be something He would want you to do. Well, let's get into the Book of Philippians this morning, and uh, we're going to pick up. We haven't gone very far. This is now the third episode. Uh, in chapter 1, and we've made it to verse 6. Sometimes we go rather quickly, sometimes not quite so fast as we go through. 
Uh, I will read verses 1 through 6, and we will pick up from there. Here it is, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints uh, in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. On the very first day, we we, we dealt with the the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven words. Uh, that was it. And uh, the second day, uh, yesterday, we dealt with uh, the the next phrase to all the saints, uh, down through verse two, all the way down through verse five where Paul says, I thank God every time I remember you, and I thank God for you as well, my friends. Uh, In all my prayers for all of you, uh, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he began a good work in you will carry on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, verse 6, let's pick up there. Uh, and we'll see how far we get. I, I hope to press on down at least halfway through this chapter this morning. It is Friday. Uh, but he said, being confident of this, that he who began the good work in you will carry on until the day of Christ Jesus. And that, that day of Christ Jesus um what what is being meant there? What is being said there? Uh, the day of Christ Jesus. That's either the day of our death, or it could be the day of of the Lord's return. Either either one of those would be true statements. And uh, the thing I, I want to focus on is he said being confident of this. Friends, you can be confident of God's work in your life. He began the good work in you. Now, this is this is where you know the Calvinist reforms, which which I definitely do lean that direction, no doubt about it. Um, God started the work in you. Uh, there's a verse, John six forty four. Let me show it to you, uh, and it says this. I'm going to sneeze. I'm going to go off mic for just a moment. Okay, I'm past my sneeze. Verse 44, no one can come to me, that's Jesus, unless the Father who sent me draws him, and the Father works through the Holy Spirit and I will raise him up the last day, but no one can come unless the Father draws that person. Uh, so what it says in Philippians uh, chapter 1 and verse 6, he who began the good work in you, it was him drawing you, it was him enlightening your eyes, uh, it was him, many believe, even giving you the faith to believe in the first place, he began the good work in you. Now, sometimes we get discouraged uh, because we we fail. We get discouraged because of our sins. Uh, we get discouraged because of trials. Uh, we get discouraged because of setbacks. We get discouraged because of our own brains. We get discouraged because of spiritual attack. Uh, we, we get discouraged by many different things. And I, I remember for myself as a young Christian at age 15, uh, well, I think I was probably age 17 at this point. I was so discouraged. I felt, how can I even be a Christian? Because I struggle with these sins. 
And my spiritual mentor, George, said to me, the fact that you struggle with them is an indication of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. If you weren't a Christian, you wouldn't be having this work of the Holy Spirit in your life. You're being convicted or you're being, uh, the Holy Spirit is at work within you to help you deal with these things or to confess these things and to embrace and to accept the forgiveness of Christ. We can be encouraged that he who began the work in us, that work which has continued even now, he will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, until the day we breathe our last, uh, until the day of, of, of the rapture, if, if you hold to uh, dispensational premillennial uh, view, which we talked about last week, and probably early this week as well, if, if you hold that view uh, of rapture or, or even just the premillennial view, um, rapture either before the tribulation or after, I don't want to confuse things, but whatever, whenever the Lord appears, or if you have the other views at the very end of things, post-millennial, it doesn't matter. The Lord will return. And what Paul is saying, he's not getting confused over all those different theologies and understandings of eschatology, which means end times. But he, he's simply saying this, God's going to finish his work in you. Uh, there's an old song, and I, I won't try to sing it because I can't remember. I can't remember all the words, but he's still working on me to make me what he, what I ought to be. He's working in us. Now, I want to go over to chapter 2 real fast and tie another verse, uh, really two verses to this, and I'll probably go backwards when we get into chapter 2 uh, and look at uh, these verses in reference to chapter 1 all over again. It says, therefore, my dear friends, if you, as you've uh, always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It doesn't say work for your salvation. Friends, we don't work for our salvation. Your morality will not get you to heaven. Your faith, your genuine faith that will change your life, that will transform your life, genuine faith in Jesus Christ, the object, the subject and the object, both of our faith, that is what saves you. But we're, we're challenged by Paul here to work it out, to live it out, to see it pushed down into our lives, to, to, to make it uh, our character, our nature. So we're challenged, verse 12, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, with fear and trembling means make take it seriously. Take your Christian life seriously. Don't make it just an appendage of an extra thing that you do. But everything that is part and parcel to your life uh, should come under the umbrella of your Christianity. Um, money, under the umbrella of Christianity. Struggles, under the umbrella of Christianity. Uh, sex, uh, under the umbrella of Christianity. Uh, entertainment, under the umbrella of uh, Christianity. Career, work. Uh, whatever it is in life, I mean, as as a Christian following after Christ, we bring everything under the umbrella of our faith and try to align it with the ways of Jesus, with with what we're taught in the Scriptures. So we continue to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We take it seriously. In fact, I might even go over to the message and see how Peterson renders this. But then verse 13 says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good pleasure. We're not doing this alone. We're not working out our salvation, not working for, but working out 
pressing it into our lives, letting it be something that we demonstrate in, in our conduct, in our words, in our speech, uh, in our relationships, and everything else, our Christianity influence, influencing all of it. But we don't do it alone. We're not doing it in a vacuum. We're doing it with the work of God in us. Verse 13, you can tie chapter 2, verse 13, back to chapter 1 and verse 6. It is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good pleasure. You, you, you see it right here. It is God who works in you to will and to act according to, according to his good pleasure or his good purpose. Let me put this in the message real fast just to see how... Uh, Where am I going? 2.13. Okay, right. Uh, sorry. It says, uh, this is Eugene Peterson's paraphrase. What I'm getting at, friends, is that you should simply keep on doing what you've done from the beginning. When I was living among you, you lived in responsive obedience. Now that I'm separated from you, keep it up. Better yet, redouble your efforts. Be energetic in your life of salvation. I, I love the way that that is stated reverent and sensitive before God. That God, that energy is God's energy, an energy deep within you. God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure, and, and I would add, through your life. Do everything readily and cheerfully. No bickering, no second guessing allowed. So uh, it, that, that, that's the message, Eugene Peterson. But God is at work in you to make you the, the person whom he wants you to be. So to be confident of that, as it says here in verse 6, being confident that he began the good work and you will carry it out of completion. He continues on and says, It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. And I would say the same thing to you. Now, I, I'm not in chains. Uh, I'm not in the place where, like our brother that I, I read his uh, email to me here, which even he sends an email at great risk of his life, actually. Um, We're not, I'm not living in this type of risk, but Paul says, whether well, in chains, and he was writing uh, from chains, actually. He was actually a prisoner as he was writing this, and he was defending and confirming the gospel before his captors. He says, all of you share in God's grace with me. And he goes on and says, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And friends, I, I, I can say the same thing to you. I, I, I will not hesitate to say the same thing to you. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm just going to say this in this broadcast because many of you who are uh, who participate live are part of the uh, Veracity Chapel family in Moral, Maine. Uh, and, and my last Sunday there, not much was said about it. There was a prayer at the end by our, our lead elder, Pastor Jake, remember I told you that yesterday, call him Pastor Jake, like you can call Steve here, Pastor Steve. Uh, truly, biblically, that is true. Now, culturally, we'd say, well, you need to go to school and be educated and be formally installed as a pastor, blah, 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 blah. 
That's a Steveism, and uh, our dear friend Steve Harriman. Steveism. That's one of his things. I picked up from him. Blah 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 blah. I, I love it. Uh, makes me snicker and smile inside every time I think of it. Uh, but um, not much was said. I, I didn't take the opportunity to say all that. Hopefully, I'll get the chance to say at some point to the family at Rasty Chapel. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but my love for all of the, the church family at Veracity Chapel. And to realize, those of you that, that are a part of Veracity Chapel, as as Veracity Chapel would continue to share in, in my ministry, whether it's through individual support or as a church, I, I don't know where that's going to quite land yet. Uh, they still need to figure that piece out. Uh, but uh, I have affection. For all of you, I have affection. And and there's so much going on in the world and, and so many things that, to me, yes, I'm a, a college president now, but I'm a pastor. And, uh, you know, to my friend in Pakistan, I'm, I'm a pastor. To somebody here this morning, it was Don responding to something, saying, pastor. I, I will always be pastor. Uh, and in certain measure, whether it's emeritus, official, uh, I'll be pastor to you as well. And I just want you to know my love for you and my gratitude and my appreciation for the nearly 14 years that God gave me directly with you. And now by extension, that continues. But I just I want you to know, and God can testify as what Paul has said here, how I long for you with affection of Jesus. And my longing for you is that you be all in Christ that you are intended to be. And he says this. This is my prayer for uh, this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more. Now he doesn't just say love, but he says love may abound more and more in knowledge. What is that knowledge? The knowledge of the love of God. What is that knowledge? Uh, that knowledge is uh, the knowledge uh, of the ways of Jesus. What is that knowledge? That knowledge is. Uh, is the knowledge of, of Christ. Uh, that, that knowledge is the knowledge of the workings of the Holy Spirit. And that is my prayer for you, that your love for God and your love for, for brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, that your love for people outside the faith may, uh, may abound more and more in, as you get to know Jesus better. And in verse 10, he says this, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. So there's a second time from in verse 6 and in verse 10, it talks about the day of Christ. I mean, first century Christians just simply believed in the coming day of Christ, in the second return of Christ. Either death, which we will face unless we are unless the day of Christ happens, whether it happens in two parts or one, um, is a little bit irrelevant to the conversation. The day of Christ is a day that they believed in. We need to believe in this. And, and, and so my prayer and, and my work uh, and the work of pastors is the work to, to try to help people present themselves pure and blameless before Christ. We read that in back in uh, the end of Colossians chapter 1, beginning of Colossians chapter 2, where Paul says that is his work. 
Uh, he says in Ephesians that it's the work of, of, of the apest, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the, and the teachers. Uh, we, that's another conversation that we've had in the past. We'll have again another day. Uh, is to help people be mature and be unified and, and, and to come to the fullness of Christ as a body, not just individuals. As the individuals come uh, into fullness in Christ, the body comes into fullness in Christ. So his prayer for them here, for the Philippians, is that they might be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Then he says, lastly, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, all to the glory and praise of God. That is his prayer for his friends, for his brothers and sisters. This is my prayer for you, that you'll be filled with the fruit of righteousness. My prayer for you is that you'll be, uh, that you would be filled with, with the Holy Spirit continually. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit is the rendering from Ephesians 5.18. In other words, yielding to the Spirit's control. Wanting the mind of the Spirit. Now, one of the great weaknesses of the West is that we are absolutely so busy uh, on uh, in living our lives in the West, so busy, that we don't have as much time for spiritual reflection as maybe we need. Uh, we don't have as much time for Bible reading as maybe we need, and it's a weakness of the West. We're driven by the clock. I was talking to a couple different conversations in the last few days one of our professors has a student from Africa who seems to show up late for class, and and the question is, well, I, I don't understand how the clock works. And she said, I, I don't get how does he not understand how the clock works. And I explained to our professor, Professor Como, I said, uh, uh, you need to understand uh, Africans uh, run on a complete different clock. In fact, they're kind of a little bit, I don't want to say oblivious to time, and this isn't necessarily universally true in Africa, but but many countries in Africa, there is this, uh, uh, there is this uh, just much more laid back. In fact, I was just talking to somebody yesterday whose daughter, somebody from here in Maine, whose daughter is currently in Uganda. In fact, they had a conversation with a couple different people yesterday who locally, who are in Uganda, uh, and the daughter, who's just turned 20 today, um, is there uh, for the semester with her college, uh, Gordon College. And, um, you know, it's thrown for a loop from the Western vantage point and, and how they function over there. And, and it, it does take some change. It really does. But in some ways, they're, they're better off in some ways than we are. If we could learn from them and they, they could learn from us and we could meet in the middle and uh, perhaps they could be a little bit more schedule-oriented and we could be a little bit more, uh, a little bit less schedule-oriented, maybe we'd all be in a good place. Friends, my prayer for you is the same prayer that Paul prayed, that your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. You will be filled with the fruit of righteousness and that your life today and always will bring glory, praise, and honor to our God. That is my prayer for you today. Lord, <clears throat> hear that prayer. Answer that prayer. For our good, 
that you might be glorified in your people. And Lord, for brothers and sisters in places like Pakistan, where they uh, persecute Christians, or in India, where they, they persecute Christians, or where they have a difficult time getting food, or in, in places like Uganda, South Sudan, Kenya, uh, places of Kenya like refugee camps. Lord, would you meet their needs? Lord, hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday.